We're bouncing all over the time stream with this one, baby. Yeah, it's true. We totally are. Not even just Bishop, the like, guy that brings the time traveling. All over the place. We're going a hundred years in the future, a thousand years in the future. And sometime we don't even know about. They're probably another universe. A whole nother universe. Welcome to the Ex-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm time traveling Justin. Woo-hoo. It. Disagree. You're growing to it like has it. It's moment. There you go. That's the That's one. That's what we'll say. The flash ruined it for you. Yeah. Run, really. Barry. Run, Run and reset this entire season. Let's redo this whole show next time, Barry. Okay. Anyway. No more DC. No more DC. Today we are talking about, you know, slightly less comics than we've been talking about. A lighter week with some heavy hitters. Yeah. The, uh, the phrase I went with. Oh, nice. So we've got two Marvel Unlimited comics. We have Love Unlimited, number 36, and uh, X-Men Unlimited, number 73. We have X-Men Legends, number 6. We've got Bishop War College, number 1, and Storm and the Brotherhood, number 1. There's a lot of new comics, but also this was the last issue, and I did not know, of X-Men Legends. Oh, really? A little surprise on of, the last page. Of all X-Men Legends? Uh, X-Men Legends Volume 2. We'll see DVD what happens. DVD, yeah, what yeah, yeah. comes next. I didn't know that there would be a Volume 2, so I would have no confidence in claiming all X-Men Legends would be over. That's fair. But then also Love Unlimited. That had a nice happy ending just in time for Valentine's Day. Wrap just it up. Just in time. Get a little bit more Marvel wide in our Valentine's Day Love Unlimited. Ooh. Well, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Because we, we have to do... The news! The news! News, 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 news. There's a Stormbreakers sketchbook that was released. It, it came to select comic shops. That's what Marvel's online article I said. I saw that. Where'd you see it? Um, One of the Stormbreakers himself. Oh. Lucas Wernick. He's a Stormbreaker, right? Yeah. Okay. Who questioned myself for a second? Yeah, he posted it. And I was like, this is a sketchbook. So is this basically like a coloring book? No. No. Did you, you weren't able to see it? It was just posted. It was just the it? cover or like oh. the, it's like eight images side by side of all the different Stormbreakers. You can get this issue in digital form on the Marvel app. Not the Marvel Unlimited app, the app, actual Marvel Comics app where mm. you can buy comics where and you or. Pay money redeem comics that you bought physically well you pay money for marvel unlimited too but only one time unless you pay monthly all right (laughs) (laughs) yeah no it was really cool there's a lot of unseen sketches from each of the stormbreakers some of them x-men related some of them not it also had some q and a which with each of them some of their influences that's lucas wernock's page that's at least one of them those are his sketches which i really enjoyed the classic scott and gene i like that like mix between Marvel Girl and Phoenix look going yeah, on. Yeah. Check it out. It's well worth the free download, I'd say. Uh, th- this Rogue and Gambit was really cool. Yes. I wish I had it in physical form. I was looking for it when I was at the shop. This uh, Federico Vincentini Logan. <gasps> oh, amongst amazing. the ruins of Silver Samurai, he just tore through that guy. <laughs> the X Men vote. It came, it went. It's gone. It's gone. Sunset. Over. 
And we won't know the results till June, July? Probably. Probably the end of May, early June. I got the episode out Friday before I went to my show, so all that jibber-jabber was relevant. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That was really my driving force was I need to make this make sense for the two minutes that we go on talking about the vote. <laughs> we, we can't be talking about the vote after the vote already happened. Yeah. Because then I couldn't sway people to get on a second device and vote for Juggernaut. Uh, Juggernaut doesn't need people swayed. Juggernaut has the mass appeal. Juggernaut and Jubilee are really the people that we're going up against. Team Juggernaut! Team Frenzy still holding it down, <laughs> which maybe maybe you can still stay with Sword, and I'd I'd be happy with that. But yeah. I'd be happier with her on the X Men personally. Yeah, I mean that would be great. I voted for her also. Yeah, yeah, you voted twice. You said you might, but and you I actually did it. did it immediately after immediately we stopped recording. After. So I'm here also to quell fears of the unknown of what x-men red is on the other side oh yeah so we shared the other day the cover that has been revealed of x-men red number 11 yes storm just looking all sorts of amazing rocking abs of steel surrounded by a sea of xavier with the dumb head i know you're already you're like eyes rolling off the side it's just she read the solicit text today and literally because was like, oh, he's got questions about Magneto's death. Get out of here, Charles Xavier. And I said, Charles Xavier pets dog. Get out of here, Charles Xavier. You think you can just pet a dog? You think you can just come in here and pet a dog? Man could do anything. Why is he coming at Storm? for Like, what do you have questions about Magneto's death? You disrespecting Magneto like that? He made a choice. Yeah, he wasn't there. He didn't want to be. It doesn't matter. He needs he to know. He made his own choice. But that's his guy. They were, they were the two. He wasn't forced into it. He wasn't coaxed. He did it of his own accord. He was out on the council. He walked away from you, Charles. He retired. Deal with it. And then he unretired. And then he permanently retired. Became deceased. It's not a good feeling for anybody, but it happened. Honestly, there's a there's a solicit for questions for Al Ewing, Mm -hmm. and I was like, "How dare you? How do you sleep at night knowing (laughs) that you killed one of my favorite mutants? It was beautiful, and you're amazing, and I don't want to say any of this bad, but ah, yeah, a little like it was amazing, but how dare you? That kind of thing. Yeah. So in that solicit text, they talk about Storm teasing a new romance oh who could that be fisher king fisher king no it's not gonna be fisher king uh, that that was fisher king is still mourning magneto it's cora cora hmm it's zen it's weaponless zen because she loves everybody i mean i did call that a couple months ago that she was sleeping through giant size x-men one member at a time i don't know I don't know. So there was uh, some note in Storm and the Brotherhood today. Mm. The fact that Lulo. Yes. We know who Lulo is from that issue of X-Men read previously. She's the little girl talking to insult Craig of NASA. Mm -hmm. Craig Marshall. Her name is Lulo Marshall. Mm -hmm. So she was adopted by Craig. Oh, oh. That's how last name's work. <laughs> it just took me a minute yeah, to put yeah, it no, all I'm just, together. I'm just messing with you, babe. I'm just here to mess with you. I know. I live on it. I feed know. Feed on it. Yes. But it could be Craig. Craig. I don't know. That's a little out there. I honestly, I would hope it to be an Iraqi or 
Yeah. You know, some people are calling for cable. No. No. Ugh. No thanks. Yucky. I um, don't like that. If it's anybody in the past, I'd say Yukio. I don't know who that is. Do I? No, you don't. Okay. <laughs> no, New Love, New Horizons. It can't be like Roberto because he's just too young for her. That's just a generational. Yeah, too young and too Berto. I mean, I I, I do love Berto, but also like stay in your lane. Yeah, I'm just you know? trying to like go through X Men Red. Like, who could it be? Nova, Thunderbird, Nova. Nova's a good thought. They seem to have I don't know some kind of some connection. kind of chemistry. I mean, that's not who I would choose. Just so we're clear, I'm not choosing Nova. Right, I'm just, just, just listing off the, the possibility. Phalong. <laughs> Yeah, just just ticking off the possibilities, just throwing names in a hat. I don't know the question. Frenzy. Hey, (laughs) I was reading Al's newsletter, Mm -hmm. and he confirms that he's currently knee deep in issue thirteen, with plans beyond that that lead into his Heralds of Apocalypse one shot. Oh, freaking amazing! Yeah, no, it's very exciting. It just it it. Makes me feel like a weight is lifted off my shoulders. It just felt like 10 was... Not enough. No. It felt like 10 was the end. And he even addresses that in his newsletter. He's like, you know, in a world where ongoings only go till five issues, I understand why everyone... It was the covers for me, bro. Mm-hmm. It was the... Yeah, the book ending covers. The book ending covers. Al. What's his name? Who? Al Ewing. What's his first name? Alonzo. Alistair. Alistair. I, I just random learning from his Alistair. newsletter. I was like, what are you? I was like, who are you asking? <laughs> Al, what's his name? You. Okay, are you expecting Al to answer you? And whose name I'm, are you asking? I'm asking about? the Marvel Legends figures that are the only things in the room with us. I'm asking the people. Who yeah, are? Okay, but it was just kind of out of nowhere, babe. <laughs> Al. What's his name? Yeah. What's his, what's his name? Whose name? We got a first look at the excellent number one. Oh, that's coming <laughs> back? I don't uh, I don't feel obligated to buy it. I know you have said that I should be, but I don't know. I, just, I don't know. What do you all think? You're yeah. the ones who come to us for comics it, you don't want to read. Yeah, so. uh, that's true. You know, that's what that's why I feel we have a responsibility to the people. I just I hate hate reading comics. I know, but listen, and sometimes Judgment Day them. happens and you have oh, to do it. Oh, that was not that bad. <laughs> There's a first look at the art, which is really mm-hmm. cool. And the last thing that I have is of course the poll results. Of course. Two comics enter. One comic wins. Ooh. War College versus Storm of the Brotherhood. Come on. Storm Come of on. the Brotherhood. Come on. Number one. Takes the number one one spot. How many points? Uh, 73. It's close. 86. It's not close. No, it's not. (laughs) I was trying to be nice. I was trying to soften the blow before telling you that you were off by 13%. I lost my my mojo, y'all. My groove is gone. 14% for War College. All right. Yeah. Are you ready to talk about Unlimited? Yeah, let's talk about them. That love. That love unlimited. I mean, it kind of felt like this issue could have up. just been the like <laughs> two more panels of the last issue and we didn't really need it. But I mean, I, I agree with that in terms of story, but also I felt like so they, they take some time to really spread out 
trans realization and his connection to karma Schwan and and how some history is informing his current situation i thought that that was like good character development especially mm-hmm. for a character that's been shelved for however long and may make a resurgence back on Krakoa because yeah. i feel like now two arcs focused on his resurrection and now redemption mm-hmm. it feels very important or or leading us to the fact that he's going to play some part in something yes so essentially where we left off he had taken over Psylocke and so Karma then takes over his mind within Psylocke's mind to say hey bro remember this time I wanted to dribble a soccer ball and I couldn't do it and you said just let your body go your body will remember how to do it and and then I did and then it worked just do that with your brain just inside your body and it'll work. Just do that with powers and, and then possessing he does people. and he's like, okay, cool. This is great. Thanks, sis. And then L and Karma have a moment where it's kind of adorable and it definitely like gave me the butterflies because it reminded me of way back when, when we first started dating and Oh. And you know, you called me, you called yourself my boyfriend for the first time, and it was magical. So that's what happened. Girlfriend, girlfriend, <laughs> I'm your girlfriend. I mean, the the art in this it's is so spectacular. Beautiful. I love it so much. And then they have a flying, passionate embrace, and the comic ends. I, I honestly, for a for a love story wrapping up, I that was great. It was great, and and even just, I mean, the the last like couple scrollers are just. And here's some sun. Here's some sunset for your mood. Writer and artist Trung Lei Nung Yen, color artist Triona Farrell, letters Ariana Maher. VCs great sees Ariana job Maher team. VCs. So then, <laughs> I, I was a big fan. Yeah, yeah, I I enjoy this story. It's cute. It's fun. Let's do it. Let's do read it again. No. <laughs> okay. It's time to talk about Nature Girl. Ugh, do we have to? Nature Girl and horticulture. And horticulture, they got what they wanted. They got their scan of the Armageddon Man. I, so I they genuine... can replicate anything they need to from him. I genuinely can't remember who's telling the truth anymore and whose fault this is. Like they're like you lied and you did it and you did it. It's like you're all guilty. Right. Well, you what all about, y'all messed up. Horticulture is not innocent at all. However, they I are still think bioterrorists. I still think Curse's death is actually Nature Girl's fault. Sure. That's just my opinion. But things are not going well in the fight. This ceiling is caving in and nature girl's trying to hold it up armageddon man gets shot with some goo that goo first appeared in x-men number two by jonathan hickman Mm. and it takes away your powers but it seems to be a much more concentrated goo that devolves the people that are sprayed with it and this goo also makes an appearance in war college no no different Different goo goo. different 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 goo green depowering goo yeah that's they can not get, clear no uh, well it is by name and just by reference name. of uh, this one's not named okay but it's associated with horticulture and has but, been previously but anyway armageddon man is reverted to not having power and he's pretty happy about it and nature girl doesn't really see that but then horticulture's like well i'm gonna spray nature girl and everything's gonna be fine and armageddon man's like no no 
protect her still. And then he gets transformed into some kind of monkey, mouse, lemur, rat situation. Yeah. And horticulture makes their great escape. They're like, ha ha, we'll be back. Devils and nature girl and Gwen and their new friend, the Armageddon monkey, Armageddon lemur. They, he's on Lindley's shoulder. Yeah. Like a boo. And, and they just they just get themselves out of there before the building collapses, and now they're doing the most undercover agent situation. You just <laughs> laughing so hard at a picture of Armageddon Man <laughs> Lemur. It just looks so weird. Yeah, but they're they're undercover, and now Nature Girl wants to just kill just everyone. kill everybody, mutants, humans, all of them. Everything burns because why not? Where else would we go? I just don't. I'm. I am over Nature Girl. Like, I am like done with this story. Five issues ago. Yeah. This is what it feels like to hate Rita Comic. But she's just turning into a villain, essentially. That's what's happening, she's right? We're seeing been a her. Villain. We're, but that's what this arc is of X Men Green is the origin story of the villain that is Nature Girl. No? Yeah. I mean, if she wants to kill everyone, humans and mutants. Seems like imagine being in her company when she says this. I'm like, okay, okay, but I'm cool, right? Like, we I thought we were trying to save the planet, and now you want to kill everybody, including me, or and the animals, right? Uh, I don't know, just er- everybody, just everything or... written by Steve Orlando, art by Emilio Lasso, colorist Rachel Rosenberg, letters Joe Sabino, VCs Joe Sabino. We going back in time. And forward in time. <laughs> X-Men Legends. This, at last, Bishop's tragic mistake revealed. Yeah. I mean, the the Jerry Curls of Justice in this issue on the cover <laughs> really selling me on it. I I said it last time. This is my favorite X-Men Legends. Oh, arc. I really enjoy this story a lot. So, high level... On this baby. Yeah, we, we start with X-Men Gold story time as just kind of frame setting us to bring in. I, I love this idea that everyone's like, wow, this guy's way too intense. He kills people. We're the X-Men. And Storm's just like, yeah, we're the X-Men. We've never killed anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at the late 80s. <laughs> just just brush over it. But so he's he's basically now we've met at the point in time where he appeared in general comic continuity yes that's when like when he shows up on that's the framing story yeah Yeah. that's the x-men gold panel on the front and towards the end and so he's he's like let me sit you down and tell you how i got here and we know that mutants are using sentinels to hunt down and keep captive mutants that they shouldn't be keeping captive so deep future he wants to use this Trevor Fitzroy. Who apparently is responsible for killing his sister. Yep, Shard. And another guy who's the warden's right-hand man. So why would you even begin to trust him in the beginning anyway, Bishop? He's got to because he's been overheard, right? We saw that in the first issue. Edgar, this right-hand man of the warden, overheard this plan and is driving his way into. But he's got a secret deal with Fitzroy. Yes. So the plan is we're going to... We're going to distract the lasers and the the sensors and we're going to get Fitzroy out and we're going to teleport all the people 
who we unleash, who are prisoners. But only the good ones. Only the good ones. And then Fitzroy, you can also go, but you're going to go last and we don't want to know where you're at. And basically, it's just like this. It's it's, it's a blind, double crossing story. It's a blind trust entirely right. too much for a man that is proven he is a liar, a villain, and a murderer. It's but it's double crossing, double crossing. Sure, everybody's on their own agenda, and Fitzroy wins out overall because yeah. he's got to because he comes to our time and does shenanigans with the what do they call it? the upstarts? Oh, interesting. Well, so that's why in the end. Charles is like, I know where he is. Right. Yeah. So in the process of trying to do the right thing, but not doing the right thing, he double crosses the double cross and Bishop's friends die. And suddenly Bishop is in the 616. Malcolm and Randall, RIP. I do like this as a connection to that issue of Marauders where you know, it's, it's just not good enough for you yet. Mm-hmm. I haven't brought you back because of that reason. Because right. these, these are his brothers. These are his family. Mm-hmm. And just the... I thought this did a really good job at giving us the heart of Bishop. Does he still have this little penguin? I've never seen that penguin before. Because he has it at the end. Right. I, outside of this issue, I've never seen that penguin. And that might just be like a small visual detail or maybe... I was really hoping that that was something that like OG Bishop carried around. Maybe. In the comics and I... And they pulled it back in to be like, that's where he got it. Oh, wow. You know, like in the Deadpool movies, the teddy bear that Cable carries around? Yep. Like that. Yeah, a little promise of justice from Xavier, but not vengeance. Not vengeance. Only justice. Next, it's R.I.P. X-Men Legends Volume 2. And the back page of this issue actually does a really good job at giving you notes on where to go next for some of the other stories that have been in this volume of X-Men Legends. Oh, cool. How to find Longshot and where he goes, how to find Wolverine and where he goes, and then even promote some of the other things happening across the X-Line. Deadly Regenesis. That X-23 throwback story that's coming soon. What do you think? I really like this story. I like seeing this like deeper side of Bishop and getting to understand, you know, where he comes from and what his future past is all about. And I thought it was an entertaining, you know, classic hero villain, villain story. And I like the art a lot. I really like the art as well. And we didn't really talk about the art because high level, but just the, just the faces, the designs of the world, I just felt like, you know, so this is Wills Portacio. He also co-wrote the issue. I'll give some credits while I'm saying all these things. <laughs> Tell us the credits. Written by Wills Portacio and Brian Haberlin. Art by Wills Portacio. Colors by Arif Purianto. And letters, Joe Caramagna. VCs, Joe Caramagna. That cover by Wills Portacio and Arif Purianto. Yeah, Purianto. I really like the art a lot. And it's just like this This feels... So Wills created Bishop. And I think oh, we talked about that yes. last time. And it was also interesting. So I was reading a article that Bill had sent me from... I think it was Bleeding Cool. And it was about... Had like a little bit of detail on Wills' creation of Bishop. Mm. So that was really great. And how he wanted... He styled him after this famous pool player... And he wanted him to be like this counter to Wolverine's cool, badass nature. Mm. Like who, who could this guy be that he's like 
fighting with the best of them. And then he's going to hustle people at pool at night. And then editorial was like, Hey, could you also make him a black guy? Because we have a lot of people writing in that are black readers that want to see themselves in the issue. So it'd mm-hmm. be really great for representation. Wills is from the Philippines and understood this idea of needing more representation in comics, mm-hmm. wanting to be someone that championed that. So created Bishop and this was close to his exit right and the mass exodus of the artist talent to go and form image oh yeah early 90s that thing that happened yeah I mean I stand by this being my favorite of the X-Men Legends stories at least of this volume I'd have to stack it up against the other volume but I honestly might even say that Uh, it had very real reads on characters it illuminated a time that i was interested in and was relevant to bishop's overall story the art was just peak 90s throughout and it made me love bishop that much more this tragic hero trying to do good but also being from a time that was so distraught Mm -hmm. and war-torn and carrying that with him to even see that play out in war college later on this one-two punch of hey you think you know bishop Get to well, know that's Bishop. what I was going to say is it pairs really well with War College. It's really interesting to see, you know, we know or you hear, oh, Bishop is like, he's a little too headstrong to be the War College leader because he can't be a teacher because he, he's too crazy. But to see, to read these issues back to back and to read that arc before reading this, like the setup of that was really well done on Marvel's part as far as like getting you really ready to say like, okay, let's say you started reading comics in the Krakoan era. Let's say you're Alicia and you've seen Bishop in Marauders and he's there and he does stuff, but you don't get a lot of deep character background on him. He's just a muscle. You read this arc, you get to know Bishop a little bit more, it makes you really understand where he's coming from in War College. Yeah, uh, that was great. I thought, and especially to stack these three together as a real kickoff to and celebration of Black History Month. Yes. And, you know, that is, I may blow your mind right now, Uh-oh. but... There's some back and forth of like, okay, so is Bishop black? And I think like, obviously he's black, but does Mm -hmm. he, you know, he is of Aboriginal descent. So indigenous Australian Uh tribes. He is the great, great ancestor of Gateway. Yes. Okay. And I remember potentially this. also related to Manifold, mm-hmm. but not actually right. confirmed we had this conversation of on like, paper. Ooh, trickery. Right. Be. And so that's been a, like, wait, is he, is he, I don't know how you can say he's not black. Right. Who says he's not? Uh, people? A- angry people on the internet. Oh, well, um, he's black. He might not be African-American. Exactly. That part. But he is black. <laughs> Eric Huffman was surprised. What Legends is ending already after six books? Well, ended on a good tie-in. Art was great. Great flashbacks. Agreed. Agreed all around. I have my 90s era Bishop action figure out with us on the table today. I've upgraded him with a purple plasma hand from a Magneto. Just give you that added effect. I love this figure. When this When this figure was announced and it's in the Sauron wave, I knew I had to have the entire wave. Had to. Had to. Obviously. Oh, I didn't even say. Not that it matters. Not that it's news. <laughs> but I got a new X-Men wave. All the retro cards with Spiral and Dark Phoenix. Wait, you got a new X-Men wave? Yeah. Avalanche. Of figures? With, 
with his weird face. Of Marvel Legends? Another multiple man? X-Men Marvel Legends came out and you bought them? Is this a thing? Are you doing a bit? I'm doing a bit. Oh. Look at me go. We don't have as many comics to talk about today, so I got to fill time with bits. Let it breathe. (laughs) You don't want to get on a bit run with me. No, I don't, actually. (laughs) Improvisers, that's all we do. Bits. We don't have real conversations. We just do bits. You're doing a bit about doing bits right I'm now. I'm doing a bit Why about doing bits. Tell me if there's any more questions or comments. That's about... it. Okay, so it's time to talk about War College. Hell yeah. <laughs> time to talk about War College. Bishop War College. The thing that I've been clamoring for since X-Men 12 by Jonathan Hickman it's when it was first referenced. Here. Yeah. I mean, I'll say it out of the way. I, I enjoyed this issue, mm-hmm. but I think because I had something in my mind. It wasn't what you wanted it to be. I don't know. It wasn't what I was expecting it to be. And and especially where it ends mm. is completely, I mean, it, it's on the cover essentially, but. Right, which you didn't, I thought that was just a Black History Month cover. Right, right, nope, nope, yeah. That is, uh, we'll get into it. When we get into it. It's a great cover though. Yeah. So with that, let's give it a page turn noise. Starting us off immediately with the data pages, Danny Moonstar is calling out the brass in charge. I love that Danny writes this very detailed note, voicing her concerns about Bishop being the head of this war college and, you know, all her reasons why. And Magic writes back, heard, understood, I'm sure it'll be fine, but I'll keep my eye out. Well, I mean, you have Danny whose powers are about empathy, essentially. You right, know, being right. connected with people, understanding what they're going through. And Magic, who is potentially has no soul, depending on which Magic this is, <laughs> and was raised in a hellscape. And she's like, yeah, quit, quit worrying. Like, we're all warriors. Right. They need to be warriors, too. And, and especially them having gone through the X academy i guess you could call it you know the, the xavier school at the same time mm-hmm. and the stuff that they went through together you're like, yeah he's training them hard but that's because they're not getting the same kind of exposure to threats that we did right because they're that here age. in safety all the time sure. and I don't they know. need I, to be trained hard. i love how well this issue has danny's voice like this would be a concern and and her way of going about it. She's doing research. She's connecting with people in charge. She's trying to get the backing and then she's confronting the the quote unquote problem. At the same time, I was like, okay, I mean, he is, he is the war captain, the captain right, commander. Right. Yes. Uh, and he, he has should been, be leading the war college and it's like a military school. Right. He's been appointed to this position for a reason. I don't know. I, I just... I feel like that that kind of back and forth voice was like, well, isn't this supposed to be New Mutants? Like, no, this no, is this right. is New Mutants with Edge. Right. This isn't that kind of school. This is a different. This is this is straight to the business. Which I mean, we're kind of going off on a tangent, but we're talking about the book. I I felt like that was competing in my head. Is that this felt a little like a New Mutants training, but just led by Bishop? Right. Mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna run with these five students, however many students. And just run them much harder than the training games that Vita Ayala was writing that Cam Long was actually a part of, mm-hmm. right? It's just interesting comparison to see those two. Well, let's dig in. Again. Again. What, what did you feel about this team? I mean, who of this team do you know? 
all of the people who have been in the X-Men vote. So armor so and armor surge. Armor and surge. And then a mass. From Marauders, right. And the others, I don't think I knew. Aura and Cam. Yeah. They first appeared in Age of X-Men. Oh. And have made their way here. They are Vita Ayala creations, actually. Cool. To double reference Vita. That's cool. I mean, I'm all for these pages of again, again, do it again. And then, I don't know, it just felt so... I felt so at home in this book because it just felt like such a classic thing of a an instructor grinding you till your last like ounce of strength and then the students just I'm not doing this anymore. Right. No, it felt like the school in an age where there is no school. Mhm. And it's great and it's a different kind of different. It's like what Cable did with X-Force. Mm-hmm. when he turned them from New Mutants into X-Force, that's essentially what Bishop is doing. He's like, no, I need a tactical squad that's able to handle threats on the island. Mm-hmm. And we all need it. And I think we need more of it. Right. It's a great start, but you mean like two or three more classes of this. Yeah. And some war games. Well, that takes us right to our title page. Rest when you're dead. Pop quiz. Written by Jay Haltham. Pencils by Sean Damien Hill. Inks by Victor Nava with Roberto Poggi. Colors, Espen Grundenjern. Letters, Travis Lanham. BC is Travis Lanham. That cover by Ken Lashley and Juan Fernandez. Watch out, Danny's hiding in the bushes, ready to give you some advice. Yeah, she's ready to give you some truth bombs in your face, which I, I, I am on two sides with this. I think definitely in Danny's character and I love getting this Danny content mm-hmm. but at the same time I feel like he needs a little bit more time to be able to and and that's what presents us our problem is that oh, I wish I had more time I'm getting all this pushback from everyone on the mm-hmm. island I just want to build my my hit squad it's interesting because I have I have mixed feelings about this interaction because I think that Danny poses a good point and I do think that it's very in character for Danny to have concern about how the kids are taking what's, you know, the situation that they're being put in and how it's taking a toll on their mental health and and all of that. But the way that she comes at Bishop and says that he's a bully and then he takes a step back and he's like, wait, am I a bully? You know, it's that interesting line of differences of coaching, right? Like we are of the generation where I had dance directors, theater directors, people who would who would get really mad at us in an effort to make us better. And there's a line of that where it becomes unhealthy. But when I see him say again, 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 I don't look at him as being a bully. I look at him as being, he really needs to push you. He's doing it from a motivational standpoint. And if he didn't think that you were capable of it, he wouldn't be pushing you like right. that. He just feels like you're slacking, you know? You wouldn't be in this unit if you couldn't carry your weight in it. And right. this is the type of training that we need to be doing right. to be able to handle the threats that you, are coming. You need to feel how to push through in your fatigue because you might be fighting in that instance. You need to feel that you that attack came out of nowhere and you didn't know what was about to happen because that's what that's how attacks happen, you know? And 
so I, I'm kind of like, okay, Danny, like, is he a bully? Like, he's not being a bully. He's just saying, hey, step back and let me do my job. And it's also just knowing the differences of perspective, mm-hmm. right? Danny comes from much more of an educator's perspective. She has grown up in Xavier's school. She has been a teacher in Xavier's school, very much so mentoring on an individual level. I've been reading some old New Mutants runs over Mm -hmm. the last week or so, and just her on the faculty, even when she didn't have powers, working with students on an emotional level versus- Did you say she didn't have powers? Yeah, M-Day was crazy for everyone, (laughs) except for like 198 people. Fox, you know, what am I going to say? (laughs) And then you have Bishop coming from a very different upbringing and background that we only saw glimpses of in that legend story where it's literally a devastated environment and he has to fight for the ability to live. Yeah, you think about it in in Danny's world, there were threats, but they weren't constant. So she grew up in a situation where she had time to breathe between those threats, right? where Bishop was just threat after threat after threat after threat. And then you're taking students who now live in Krakoa where there's no threats. And so that is... Arguably no threats, but there are threats. No threats that they know of or they see on a daily basis because everyone keeps them hush-hush, right? In this theoretical paradise. So it's interesting because if you think about it in that perspective... Each of them is coming at it from a different perspective, but I I guess what Danny's trying to say is like these kids know nothing of the world that we know. But although actually they do though, right? Because some they're of not them brandy do. New. No, Surge and Armor have been X Men, right? And so, to also say about the fact that Charles and the Council know what's coming. Mm-hmm. So this is this is the part that's been missing from the entire Krakoan era that you have these weapons of mass destruction as all the humans see them as but you're not training them you're not honing it It, it's voluntary that you can sign up for sessions in the danger room you only have the hardcore action junkies actually doing stuff like you don't need to remind Kanon that she has to kill people or or practice killing people like she's out there every day slashing people's throats and i love that he's like yo orcus is coming like are we not are we not acknowledging that? Are we Honestly, pretending that that's not real? The more we talk about this, the more I'm like, uh, I think Danny was wrong in this. I feel like the, the softer hand is not what this is needed for. Right. This war college is needed to bring mutants to the level that they need. Where's Apocalypse? It's not called training school. It's called war college. Yeah. Give me Apocalypse's war college. If it was called New Mutants Training School, then I would be like, go a little easy. That's like... That's the elementary version. This is War College. This is the AP class. Yeah. You signed up for this. Well, it's a reflective time on the beach with Nazis lurking in the background. Thank God that guy's gone. Yeah. Because we had to crunch all over your beach with our Nazi essence. The Von Suckers ruining everything (laughs) again. Can't keep our guests waiting. Uh, Just who who keeps allowing them here? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Shouldn't Krakoa have some sort of like ability to turn off and like sound an alarm when the mutants he doesn't like steps on the on his soil? Yeah, and just I think I was talking to Blanchina earlier. There needs to be a no Nazi rule on the island, yeah, just for in general. Sure. Yes, for sure. But now we get a little bit of dialogue between Cam and Aura, and understanding of their relationship. I never read all of Age of X-Men. I only started reading comics again 
when House of X came out mm. and Age of X-Men was almost, I think, immediately before, mm. along with uh, another uncanny run. But these two first debuted in Prisoners of X, I believe it's called, which was written by Vita. It makes me want to read it just because of these characters. And I know that I should be reading blind spots in my ex history. And that's what I'm doing, reading <laughs> random stories. <laughs> if that's the case, I should be reading a lot of things. Alicia, your your gimmick is blind spots in ex history. Like hey, that's, hey, that's, that's your, my thing. That's your jam. So, no. <laughs> my gimmick. <laughs> that kind of makes me feel like a sham. No. <laughs> no, you're the everyman. Yeah. They really do sell this idea of being pushed too far through misunderstanding, though, this conversation. Mm-hmm. As we get to the Green Lagoon. Your and favorite place in Krakoa. Blob's beard is gone, and I hate it. Oh, my God. I absolutely hate it. Look I at his face. I didn't even notice it. Oh, oh I was so God. upset. Who else is at the bar? Is that Fenris at the bar? I don't think so. It's a bunch of Madrox clones. I think that's Dazzler on the right. A Dazzler. But you can see in the background that... Bunch of Madrox clones are just getting drunk and helping themselves out of the bar. Ah, <laughs> uh, the Madrox. As Amas and Armor are talking about culture of the island, these blow ups, they drinking it off, the ritual combat to the death, the way that Threshold used to handle it. Well, no, we'd Not also really. have our silent treatment. I'm just kidding. What I think is really interesting in this is the similarities yet very blatant differences in the characterization or the visual visual representation of a mass. So I know obviously that the Marauder's art is a very specific style, but from that art, and which you could say like I also feel like Kate looks younger, right? Like from that art, I feel like a mass looks like a younger Yeah. I don't know, softer. Well, even just the, person. the muscle definition. Yeah, and I think like, that's huge. This is this feels like if you didn't say to me that this was a mass, and then now you know when you see the close ups and the the red makeup and the lipstick and like that kind of you see, I see it, but I just wouldn't seeing them drawn outside of that style because that's where I first saw them. I didn't recognize the character at all. Yeah. But I like this kind of back and forth. I like being able to see the the little friendships that form within the War College kids. Well, because I feel like that's necessary, especially for characters that you either do know or you don't know. These three, Surge, Armor, and Amass, if you're reading current comics, are likely the ones that you have the most connection with mm -hmm. other than Bishop and Tempo, who are seemingly our, our Captain Co-Captain, maybe? I don't Ooh, know. Ooh, France. I like this tempo just sipping her tea yeah oh yeah. you got a proposition for me bishop i do enjoy this and just this friendship having come out of marauders yeah i think that's great he basically is asking her to help him extend the one day he has left with these children yeah i mean you asked charles xavier he knows a thing or two about that deadly genesis training children for months oh, yeah, in their minds Seems like everybody's talking about this problem that Bishop is having with his students without Bishop. Right? The, the, the team-up letter from all the war captains, all the quiet council, letting him know, hey, we're worried. We're worried about what's going on. 
Right. And he was already upset in the beginning of the issue that Danny was like, I talked to all the war captains without you. And he's like, what? Y'all are just talking about me behind my back. And now he's going to get this letter from both the Quiet Council and the war captains together. Basically, his bosses and his colleagues at the same time are, hey, do you know what you're doing? Are you sure you're from this time that you say you're from and you know how to lead a, a war unit? Right, which is interesting because it's like, have any of you all led a war unit before? No, I mean, we've trained children soldiers, but that's kind of different, I guess. They add in a couple of others who I don't know. So we'd like you to include Cam Long, Aurora Charles, and Amass in your current class. They could use the practice and the work. So I, I feel like that I'm surprised by because I do think Cam says that they signed up for this. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that was a separate asking conversation. Well, maybe there was like a any who wants to be part of the war college and like a bunch of people submitted and then they chose Bishop chose, you know, the people he chose. And then they were like, OK, we also choose these people. Hmm. You know, it's like they volunteered as tribute to be part of it, but they need approval before they can be part of it. Yeah. But they also add a new goal of testing the defenses of the island because X-Force is too busy fighting themselves to <laughs> fix any of those defenses. These two are probably my favorite pages in the issue. It just His sc- bad dream? His bad dream that takes us through his history and has this nightmare, all these different uniforms and costumes and just him as a child. It scratches the surface on all the things that he carries with him. And I feel like that's what informs how he treats the students. Right. And you have to think too, especially if we think back on the issue that we just talked about, if that is his history, even the things he plans don't go the way he plans. Mm. So he feels this constant need to be ready for anything. And he feels a lot of responsibility for the downfall of his previous life. So he doesn't want to be responsible for the downfall of this life. So he needs to figure out how to keep everybody ready all the time. Right. But he's he's starting this training with a heart to heart. We got to have one of those like coach gathering recap talks. Yeah, no, it's a really great character moment for Bishop in connecting with the students and sharing from his history. He just cares too much. That's why he's Riding you guys so hard. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what I grew up with. Like, people who would yell at you and be like, what are you doing? And then they would say, listen. I just want you to be better. I'm only getting mad because I know you can be better than this. But everybody's in and we're heading down into the tunnels. This potential weak spot in Krakoa that could be a place where they're attacked from. So we got to check it out. We got to know all the possibilities and we don't care what the council says about when we do it. Right. I love the Star Wars references going over a mass's head. <laughs> so funny. I'll explain it later. Well, it's also interesting to hear the specifics about Krakoa and Earth and how where Krakoa ends and Earth begins. Because mm-hmm. Krakoa is a mutant, right? Right. And, and Krakoa has previously been removed from Earth. Right. Sent up into space. I was so thrilled to see Wrong Slide. Yep. I love him. Here he is. Surprise. We only get one day. One more day. Spider-Man, one more day. <laughs> We're going to use a different tactic. Here's my friend Tempo, and she's going to be great. I love these images of Tempo so much. Yeah. And just using her power to trap them in a time bubble, folding seconds in on themselves so that they have time to be able to work things out. I got to say, last year, 
for the vote. You know, we were we were Team Tempo. We really wanted her to win. But I'm so glad that she's here in these stories now. And like getting to see her in this relationship with Bishop. I'm really interested to see where this goes. Sure. Yeah. I think it was. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm just salty about Marauders and where she went. Yes, I'm happy with her here. And I'm happy with that one issue of Marauders that she teamed up with Jerry's team. But then I'm like, oh, all that time travel shenanigans. Well, yeah, we don't talk about that. Yes, we do. (laughs) We don't talk about it when we don't have to be talking about it. Hate to burst your time bubble, but here come the Nazis. Oh, gosh. After all this training. I mean, there's a lot of, again. There's a lot of training. There's a lot of yikes. There's a lot of throwing people. It seems like they're getting better at least. Mm Mm-hmm. But something blasts through and, oh, hey, uh, you're not supposed to be here. We're bringing Orcus into town. And we've got depowering goo. So this is Brightswill. This is from Otherworld. Yes, I I understood that from reading. But seems like if you're going to have two different depowering goos, like maybe make them different colors at least. Yeah. I think they both previously have been green, which it's is like, the challenge. It's just like, okay, they're both green and they're both in issues that come out this week. And you don't think that that could be remotely confusing to people? Maybe. I, I'm i questioning how they got it. Yeah. How does Orcus have, have something from Otherworld? Otherworld, right. And I don't know if it's with the prime minister from the UK or you know the coven yeah. or if Fenris have been going through that gate to Otherworld. But Bishop whatever is, it is, it's not good. Yeah. Bishop is very adamant that he can handle it. Everyone else should leave. Tempo says no. And these Nazi twins are very snug as they are attacking. They're like, yeah. oh, we're going to we're going to kill you. And I love my sister. Yeah, it's weird. I don't like it. No, nope, you shouldn't. They're the bad guys. All of this goes on as a swirl of Tempo's power seems to and and you think about how she's extended her use of her power in a new way in this very potentially dangerous and and who even knows what could be the end result as they disappear leaving the students the the team behind it's a real test now right this is the final y'all and they're powerless and they don't have any power right and that's always you know you talk about danny's strength she can beat someone up without her powers right you talk about magic strength like these are people that trained in the danger room trained as their characters without using their powers right as bishop wakes up outside the xavier school for gifted youngsters he's been time displaced universe displaced i think so as we see a scott summers and gene gray assuming that's their names but they look different they do indeed and where's tempo right did she land someplace else? Is she in this spot? Is I don't know. How do they look different? Well, they're black. I mean, yeah. like that I think is the the giveaway yes. from the cover. But this has to be a different universe, some kind, right? You can't travel back in time and someone's a different race, right? Exactly. So, and their costumes are slightly different, right? Yeah, Cyclops is, has some different details. The underwear over the the leggings is actually blended in. It looks better. Honestly, and his little X is bigger, much and larger. Jean's got some more detail on the blue in her costume. She's also got like Wakandan yes, belt yeah. action going on. I was going to say it's got some like African print vibes going. Yeah. 
interested to see where that goes. Yeah, no, that's definitely a last page reveal. Most likely to succeed next. What'd you think? I really enjoyed this. I mean, I didn't really go. I'm interested to hear what you felt disappointed about because I obviously I was excited for the book to come out, but I didn't really have any preconceived notions other than it would be Bishop training mutants. So I what I do feel a little bit curious about if it's called war. I know it's called Bishop War College, but if now Bishop is gone on this other solo adventure, then it's not really a war college book because it's not about the school anymore unless the kid, like, you know, the kids are going to do something on their own, but it immediately first issue strays away from the training aspect of it, which is good in the sense that it's digging right in with stakes and conflict, but interesting in the format change sort of, you know? Yeah. I, I So I enjoyed it. I really did. But not as much as I was hoping to. And I think that that's because in my mind, I held on to the idea of the War College as it was described when first introduced. So in that X-Men issue, it came out of a data page and the War Captains brainstorming different combinations of power sets for offense and defense in helping to protect the island. And so they, they workshopped Magneto's powers with all of these different outcomes. And I just thought that it would be a little bit more like that, like like tactical training, unless like, these are students that I would not think of as maybe other than Armor and Surge. That's who I was expecting more of on the team or, mm. or more of from the direction are people who have been X-Men in the past, but maybe need a little bit more to step up that game of being like their own unit. Mm -hmm. And you know, I don't know who else would be on that roster in my mind, but I just, I don't know Aura or Cam very well. Mm -hmm. And Amass is kind of a, a brand new tempo. Doesn't seem like she's on the team. She's just more collaborating with Bishop and mm -hmm. now is pulled into the side story. But it just felt a lot closer to Mut new mutants than I was expecting but just with this war edge to mm. it. I guess like I never really read any of the classic New Mutants. I only have read the Krakoan New Mutants, which is a just a bunch of different stuff and does have like some training elements, but isn't isn't of this same caliber. So I didn't have that as a reference point, I guess. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, just... Like when I think of the reason I'm saying new mutants is because it's kids learning how to use their powers better. Basically. Isn't that what all of Xavier's school is, though, too? Less so kids being tutored, more so a team like like Xavier wasn't out in the field. You read an X-Men run and it's this team after they graduate right? the O5 graduate. The second Genesis team wasn't actually students. That was the big difference. The big challenge is that. Xavier kept on holding on to this idea that like I need to train kids mm -hmm. and and there's a time period for when they're a student and they're trying to learn how to get their powers and that's the part that feels new mutants to me mm. I even the preview that we saw in Hellfire Gala right where they're doing this tactical preventing the Avengers from coming onto the mm -hmm. the bay like that felt more but I guess that's the same thing I don't but know. they also the the council also says in the letter like don't do that. Sure, right. That's not what we want you to do. So yep. 
Well, I mean, at least not with a high-profile human team that we're supposed to have as our allies mm-hmm. when they're going to be in the area. Right. Like, that was just bad optics. Yeah. I was talking to future dog walker Kelly about all the great Danny Moonstar content in this issue, and, and we both agree that she would be great for the council. Oh, yeah. We've I, been saying that for, for so for long. For so long. And Danny Moonstar for head of Krakoa. For sure. I just feel like because the villains have essentially taken over the council mm-hmm. in ways, whether it's subverted by Sinister or by Mikhail or just being Xavier. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, like Emma, Shaw, Sinister. Exodus. Yeah. Mystique. Destiny. Yeah. It's all villains. Colossus. Charles Xavier. Sure, yeah. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Blonde China really loved War College. It did a great job establishing the characters and giving us fresh perspectives on them while also building on them he feels invested in this group of kids plus a mass was cracking him up a great carryover from marauders <laughs> to have a successful pull from marauders i feel like that's a great win yeah i think it is interesting the other thing that's interesting is you think bishop and a mass were essentially teammates in marauders yeah for a and short period of time with what a mass did with absorbing kate and all of that like I feel like a mass is sort is sort of stepped up and been like, yeah, I'm capable of not being considered a student. I don't know. I just feel like it's been a very limited window of their experience. Mm-hmm. It was just that one mission. Right. You know? Yeah. Eric Huffman doesn't really feel attached to Bishop's students. I'd like to like them, but only knowing two doesn't help. Mm. He figured that Bishop was going to go hardcore on them. Mr. Doom and Gloom, kind of like Cable back in the day in X-Force, but needs to be different. And that's kind of what I was getting to, that taking the new mutants and forming them into X-Force as this military team. (laughs) He said, I like Danny, but didn't like her getting up in his business. Am I wrong? And I think that is what we were talking about a lot at the beginning. It's, It's hard to parse through. It's just, is she wrong or is she just looking out for the well-being of people that would likely be her students or students in a sense. Yeah. Interesting. He also was thinking that Bishop was thrown into another universe. Have to wait for the next one to find out. Yeah. It's got to be another universe. It's got to be. BMCG2 wonders if Bishop's book would have been more enjoyable with a better artist. Oh. I saw a lot of people that were not happy with the art. And I think it was only just, it was some of the faces. Like the environments look good. The action scenes are pretty great. Even the the energy scenes. It's some of the facial expressions that, like like this page in particular, you'll get uh, Von Strucker and Armor. Hmm. I like the art. It's interesting that we went throughout the entire issue without commenting on it at all. I did. I talked about the images of Tempo. Oh, sure. Yeah. And I'm technically I did with the flashback dream sequence. Yeah, because there's like no dialogue on that. So yeah, right. it had to be no, like it, your favorite of the issue. It was the art. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'd like to hear what you what you didn't like about it. Yeah. Warland thought it was funny to see that the War College have messed up by pretending to be the Avengers and that there are consequences for it. And that's what we were just talking about the, with the Hellfire Gala. And that should be. I think that that's a great connection to pull out of, hey, no, you did this thing. Probably not the best to do. Yeah. When. Well, and, and technically the Avengers weren't coming to Krakoa. They were coming to McNeese. Right. Right. How does that work? I don't know offshoot of Krakoa 
Spiders Rules wants to know if Bishop now is in charge of the War College. And it seems like, yes, yes. at least at the start, but there's some pushback. Mm-hmm. And who even knows when he's coming back? There's, yeah, where is he now? There's no leader. I guess Magic is now in charge? Yeah, because she said she was vice de- vice principal or whatever. Yeah. The Pikachu wants to know if Bishop actually is wrong to be pushing kids so hard. They signed up for it after all. That's what I'm saying. I know. I just feel like they signed up for it. And, and the bottom line is they need this. Yeah. Everyone's too soft. Don't you remember what Wolverine said? Yeah. Too this, soft. This paradise is making us soft. We're not logging hours we don't have people coming at us directly they're just plotting in the shadows i i enjoyed this i'm excited to see issue two me too are you ready for the book of the week i'm ready storm and the brotherhood of mutants what a great book oh great book beautiful cover mm-hmm. this is just it's tragic it's exciting this leader for all mutants all non sinistered mutants standing in the rubble of Araco. It's really good stuff. Let's give it a page turn noise. Speaking of the rubble of Araco, Araco has fallen. I remember how Araco died. It was hinted at previously, but now we're explained a little bit further. This opening splash is just instantly wow, bringing me in, telling me more. I loved the the pacing, the layout, like the structure of this book. A, a lot of people commented about the pacing and just the fact that it, it's very different from Al's other work. X Men Red is a slow build. It's different characters with their arcs and stories. This can't right. You, you know? only get three issues, and you only get one per. year set we're jumping 90 years after this and and yes there might be some other context probably not of storm and the brotherhood but on the big story happening in the background that we get in the last few pages but and so not only does this this story has to tell you how we got here it has to tell you what's going on here and where it's going it's got a lot to get through in one issue and it's regular sized right I would have uh, enjoyed a... <laughs> wouldn't have complained. Wouldn't have complained if it was double-sized or or even just, you know... Like a little the, extra. The 32-pager. Yeah. And you could do that for all three. You could you could do that for the whole event if you're just going to give us one issue for each. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. That's totally fine. I'd get, take my extra dollar. I don't care. But the Sinister Council, as we get this recap with setup explained throughout, I'm I'm really happy for it. The team up, the action panels, it's all well worth pouring over. This double splash. Oh my God. This right here. Obsessed. This center line with everybody being the last stand of free mutants. Yes. And just this war, this battle between Sinister's evil genius and people fighting for freedom. Yes. I, I do. So this is the same artist that's going to be on all three of these issues. Mm-hmm. Paco Medina. And I really love their art. Yeah. I don't think I'd recognize them from other things, but I thought this was really great. These chimeras of what look like Madrox, Havoc, and Angel with the, yeah. the glowing chest. Scary. That's devastating. You only need one, right? Right. You only made one and then, then just bloop, bloop, let bloop, them loose. Bloop, bloop. That's all. I love this idea of propaganda, the true villain of this story. 
mm-hmm. right? Manipulating people against the side. This idea that they pitched that the chimeras were scrolls. Yeah. That they, they tried to play this up because that is the bigger threat. They, they were talking about this, the what's coming from space, mm-hmm. these empires, right? We are, we are just of one island, one world, even if you're sinister, the, it's the race to dominion, but empires, you think about the intergalactic empire of Wakanda and its size, the Shi'ar empire and its size. Well, now that you're saying it like that, and then you reflect on the end of the issue, does the earth, Krakoan sinister, actually know about the other sinisters? And so saying this is coming from space is a way to say, it's not me, it's the other guy. Well, he definitely knows about stasis. Right. And I would But at this point does he know Well it's it's the question of who woke up first in the tubes? Yeah. And did you not see that there were three other tubes? <laughs> right, exactly. Right? And to know that so I, I reread that issue of Immortal X Men recently and was posting on the story about it a couple of days ago, just how it came to be, who I think uh, I think it was BMCG two that asked who was the original. Right. And that was Nathaniel Essex, the original Nathaniel Essex that was altered by Apocalypse and he couldn't control his powers. So he siphoned it off into four different people. And so I don't know. Do they all know? Right. Are they all aware of each other? I guess technically they should be. They should be. Right. Is this still the original? Like, Is our Sinister still more influenced by the original because of the diamond on the original's face in that Jekyll and Hyde transformation? Mm. I don't know. Interesting. His is the only one that glows or that seems to have energy from it that we've seen at least. Right, yeah. R.I.P. Roberto. Sorry. Sorry, Roberto. You'll come back though. Don't worry. The the pain on Storm's face though. Oh, just zooming in. Look at that. Oh, that's so sad. I know. It's not Warlock sad. Why? <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Why would you bring that up? Because. It's not necessary right now. Because I joke through pain. <clears throat> anyway, Destiny, air quotes, is here to see you, Storm. She has some news for you. But first, it's a title page. The Ruins of a Broken Land. Storm 7, written by Al Ewing, art by Paco Medina, colors by J. David Ramos, letters Ariana Maher. VCs Ariana Maher. Lionel Francis Yu and Matt Miller on the cover. Is this Star Wars? It is 100% Star Wars. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Storm's Resistance versus the Sinister's Republic, Mm -hmm. right? This is 100% a scroller. And even just the the phrasing of this, Marvel posted the cover and this page today, Mm -hmm. which bravo to Marvel learning from the outrage of like, hey, could you like wait a day before you post this? Honestly. And and they've been getting better week to week. It's been a day or two. It's been just lighter in terms of spoilers. Like if they just posted whatever happens in the end, that would have been ridiculous. Yeah. But this conversation with Destiny, this anger over being held back, questioning if Irene actually knows what she's doing or is herself. What do you say, John Ironfire? Not Destiny. Not today. What do you think about this new guy? I like him. Yeah. There's a lot of unknown with him. And I wonder, you know, it's the same thing of Rasputin, mm-hmm. right? Are we ever going to see Iron Fire after this? Honestly, again? here's the thing, too. Like you just said, what do you think about this new guy? 
anytime I see a character in comics, it is never safe for me to assume that they are new. Oh, that's true. Like, I was like, oh, this guy. I haven't encountered him before. That's Who's true. to say he doesn't exist before this moment? Because I'm, I don't know. Black, I'm to say. Blind spots and continuity. <laughs> yeah, he's got this really strange power. Molten blood. As he stabs through Mystique to get to the heart of it. Now, here's the thing. I really like this art, but there are some faces that I don't like. And Emma Frost's face and Mystique's face are two of them. I think they look there's a flash of Emma in those opening pages. I think they look like who's like from Whoville. Like pointy noses. And or or just like a little bit more, I don't know, like elfish, not like humans. Yeah, I see that. But everything else I love. Yeah. I do enjoy Mystique's context drops and plans for hope, right? Uh, The future. Mm-hmm. And just how we get to know who John Ironfire is, as Mystique tells us, hey, no, the, the Moira machine, where I'm going to recap Immortal X-Men and Sins of Sinister all together. And it sounds too good to be true that we could just steal this lab. And reset. And that's the thing that I was questioning when I was reading, because the, the Moira machine is set up so that the only person who remembers what happens in the reset is, is sinister. sinister. Right. So, you know... She is saying there's no guarantee that it'll happen, but at least we'll know. But like you won't know. You won't, right. Because Sinister's the only one who will know. And he'll be like, wait, what the heck? Right. It, even though he wanted that to happen. He wanted to reset it. Right. At well, the he end was, of yeah, he was going back to reset it. And spoiler alert. And maybe deep down that's what, well, it, it is in the end. We find out that she knew that he would go to reset it and she didn't want him to be able to. So she took it away. And this is a false story that they're feeding to Storm. Right. Well, it also is interesting to think where this takes place and what we already know about this story. Because I believe there's some panels that say that Sinister is going to try to rebel against the council towards the end. That the council is going to vote against him. Right. Which already happened at the end of Sins of Sinister. But the end of Sins of Sinister was in this year 10. Right. It had jumped to that. Right. So all of this is happening before. It's like simultaneous storytelling. Yeah. It's kind of like woven through. Which is cool. I love stories where you're like getting the same event from different perspectives. Yeah. Another data page telling us about the brothers, the brothers and the sisters. Some big new things. Cable bonded with Xylo instead of the techno-organic virus. That's Mm. interesting. To become this living history. We've got Quick, Lulo Marshall. I'm into Quick. Yeah. And Iron Fire, the molten blood. Great recaps of people and powers with the different changes, right? To, To take advantage of a data page to catch you up on. 10 years of potential change. Yeah, it's awesome. Looking forward to you guys answering that challenge next issue. Yeah. Good luck. As we head to Muir Isle. Body slide by seven. Assessing everything. Again, recapping a little bit what we know about Sinister's lab being set up here. Taki with the gun test on Mystique. Quick with the, what was that? I'll take you out before you even know what happened. Well, especially knowing by the end... That this was never Taki. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love these chimeras. I mean, I think all the chimeras have delivered really interesting. So there's defenses on Muir Island. Obviously, Sinister's not just going to leave his secret, secret base with nothing to protect it. But these chimeras are crazy because they're Marrow and Maggot together. But the Eni and Meanie are like 
bones. Every single bone that can be thrown. It's crazy. And it's also kind of like the the Hellions' first arc, this zombie mm. twist to them, right? Where they were all kind of falling apart and trying to recruit John Greycrow back. Yeah. Oh, they're kind of terrifying in the best way. Yes. And Cora's here. Yay, Cora. I do like to see the fact that Cora embraces everything that was starting towards the end of the last arc of X-Men Red, right? You know, it's not blasphemy to share my gift. It is strength. Right. This whole ideology shift. I love this like, so Storm, if you were all this power, like what do you really need us for? I don't. But I don't, but I might. So come on along. I can't watch my own back. That's why you are here. As we find a living force field in the base of Sinisters. Who do you think that is? Whose powers? I mean, they bring up that it could be armor. Could be armor. It could be, what do they say? Skids. Skids, armor. Who else has force fields, right? You could, uh, Unus. He's played with Unus's powers before. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. And assuming, like, like, is that the inside, is that the Moira machine or is it already gone? I think the whole lab is inside there. And so that's what these little teleportation disks attach to and they just take the whole lab. Right, right. So why even try to crack it open when we can just steal it? It's a very smart tactic. I really love it, Taki. But oh, wait, what's going on? We're getting attacked from behind. I do like this team up, right? Even in even ten years in the future, we're still getting mutant technology. Mm-hmm. What what does she call it? The rain of fire. Oh yeah, he shoots the iron. She lights it up. It's just knowing what happens. It's so sad to see Storm relishing in Taki's brilliance, the eagerness to move forward with the plan as from behind. Well, it's a callback to how. She was stabbed right. in the beginning of the issue. Absolutely. Obviously, Storm can't die here. Of course not. Storm can never die. And then the lab is gone. The lab's Who gone. Who has it? And so is Mystique. Ironfire is just so distraught by it to, to have failed you. I keep failing you. But it's okay. Storm, Storm reassures him. It's going to be okay. Okay? We got it. Don't worry about it. It's, I'm Storm. It's just Mystique being Mystique. I mean, how could you really be surprised at all? Right. This is classic Mystique. However, slightly surprised by Destiny. Not uh. fully, because I guess she is always a villain. But she's doing all this, letting the world burn just so Mystique could be alive. Right. It's just, it's very selfish, which I guess, again, villain, murder mm-hmm. mommies, they are out for themselves. These details of where this falls overall and how this connects to the world farm, which we know is Orbis's domain. Right. You even see the the word bubbles in their His very specific. Special, yeah. Yes. No, that's Destiny's motivation. It's all about saving Mystique, as the naked man in the orb tells you. Only one has dominion. I want to be the superior sinister. Right. Think he's naked in there? I think he's got a little loincloth on. Got a little booty shorts. He's got a little diaper. He's I'm, rocking the gateway look. I mean, I, if anyone, Destiny's blind, right? So, so it doesn't matter. She doesn't know. Right. What's she going to say? Oh, I foresee you tripping and landing on something. And it's very unfortunate. <laughs> I mean, clothes wouldn't really help that. Sure. Next is Nightcrawler's number one. Big picture. What'd you think? 
I really enjoyed it. I mean, I think it did a really great job of bringing all the things together, giving us the enough to fill in the gaps, telling us, like, setting the scene of this world, like, where we're at 10 years in the future, the stakes, this hidden empire, like, this hidden resistance within the empire of Sinister. I, I think that it's so cool that they're, like, hiding in the asteroids of, yeah. of Araco. And then I loved that we immediately are seeing like what we left off in the end of Sins of Sinister was, oh my God, my lab is gone. We're immediately getting that answer, which then just leads to more questions, but it's already setting up Sins of Sinister to have great pacing. So I just hope that that continues. I feel like it has to just because of the time constraint that they've given themselves, right? You have to, you have to deliver a impactful story that sets up characters that we're not going to see for 90 years. So just unfold that. And then what? 900 years in the, the second time jump. Mm-hmm. It's just so crazy. Yeah. Now this was intense, high action, fast paced. I, I just loved it. I thought it was really good. I still thought, you know, there was a decent amount of recap and or refresh of the things that had come in sins of sinister, but more specifically how that influenced where we were going with this story. Mm-hmm. Right. So it wasn't just, regurgitating information it was these pieces are important for these reasons and they're going to set us down this path that's going to continue with storm and her brotherhood story yeah Uh, i thought the art was really great i thought the colors were really interesting and beautiful i didn't want it to be end i didn't either but i also felt like it was really a satisfying nugget yeah i guess i just didn't want to (laughs) i just wanted more story i wanted more book Always, when it comes to Storm and anything X-Men Red-ish. Yeah. I always want more. I always want more, Al. What's his name? Alfonso? (laughs) Alfred? Alistair. Alistair. Where'd I get Alfonso from? Beta Reno says, murder mommy's gonna murder. (laughs) This is so on brand for Destiny, but so disappointing. What will it take for her to learn that the more she fights to save Raven, the more she gets the more she sets the stage for her loss. It's the classic self-fulfilling prophecy. My guess is when they finally do end this timeline, the Moira will bring back some news even more devastating. Mm. It's interesting because, you know, all along Destiny has, people have been questioning whether Destiny's motives are pure in what she tells them and what she doesn't tell them. And clearly they're not. Right? Like right. she's perfectly fine to let Sinister take over the world and destroy everything as long as, as, she, long gets as her wife. she can live in space with her wife. It's just crazy to just forsake the rest of everything. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So just let all the Sinisters have at it and just be like, whatever, it doesn't matter. Me and Mystique are hanging out later. I just, Inferno gave us a really great love story between the two. Mm-hmm. And then this is just an infuriating love story. Yeah. Well, this you know, just, they like, have their love and they won't give it up. Yeah. Ah, bah. It's kind of beautiful mm. that they do anything it's, for each other. It's infuriating. If they weren't villains. Sure. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Know? Yeah, they're definitely villains. So Eric Hoffman still wants to know if the murder moms took Sinister's lab. And I think, right, so for sure Mystique they did, yeah. just stole the lab. and But not with purposes to reset, with actually... Purposes to prevent reset. Exactly. They want to protect it. Mm-hmm. They want to learn from it and see how they might influence things further. He also agreed it seemed very short. I wanted more into the background of the world and her team and the new guys too. 
which I, y'all you're not gonna get it i know it's but, a blip it's a one page of house and powers and i feel like that's i would rather have that than have it extend and feel like it's dragging everyone's rasputin yeah sure right exactly <laughs> well so i was listening to was i listening to or reading no i can't remember but kieran was talking about i think i was reading an interview with kieran gillen and he was talking about how each of those pages could have been an issue or right. an event, yes. right? Each of those one-shot pages in Sins of Sinister could have been its own jumping off point into something larger, but we don't have the time. That's not the kind of event that we're doing, right? which makes it feel just like, oh yeah, this is amazing, but also I want, I want more. I want all I, that though. I would have read an issue of each of those one pages. Yeah. But then you would have read that issue and you would have been like, I want six issues. I want at least three issues of this. And then it just spirals out of control. Well, you don't want my money? I'm not saying that. I'm just what saying. What do you marvel? You don't like it when I give you money? But then but then there would be, you can't make anyone happy because then it would be, oh, this is an oversaturated event. There's too much happening here. When are we getting back to the regular story? There's four billion issues of this event and I don't want to read them all. Yeah. So just make me happy. Okay. Well. <laughs> okay, Destiny. <laughs> I'll take it for you. <laughs> oh, for me. Warline saying that Ironfire's powers and looks are so similar to Adam X. So what if he's Vulcan's son? So that was brought up the other day. Mm. Warline had posted about that. Could be the son of Vulcan and Deathbird that was teased at the end of... That'd be cool. X-Men Red. I think so, too. Mystique... A nice redemption for that family line. <laughs> yeah, because they need it. Mystique stabbing Storm had me cheering as finally the X-Office is leaning into... Mystique's true nature, which is just being a scumbag villain. And <laughs> and I see what you're saying, but I was not cheering. I'm sorry, because I was so upset because I love Storm. Right. She's one of my favorite mutants. We don't risk Storm's life for any kind of satisfaction. But yeah, no, it was definitely a great payoff. Yeah, now, it's, I mean, it's nice to see villains being villains. You know, like, it's cool the idea of Krakoa and everyone gets a second chance, but also when you know these characters have secret agendas it's nice to see them actually like being devious right and warline and blanchana both called out the fact that lulo being adopted by craig from nasa is so cute mm -hmm. and it was i mean i just i was not expecting that but even just that quick detail no explanation just craig craig from nasa i love that even relationship just, yeah even just knowing that that's who she is mm -hmm. is a great detail yeah and so some predictions of who could Storm's romance be were Craig. Like, what if that is? But like, why? Just yeah, right. Because like, because he decided to adopt a kid. So Storm has to be her adopted mother as well. No, I mean, so no, because it would take place back in time. So what he just because he sticks around because he sticks around. He's always there. And he's like, hey, what's up with this Iraqi? Am I right? Nah, <laughs> not interested. Vetoed. Gilbert Rojo, 1022, OMG, Storm was the baddie we all want her to be. Yes. What do you think of this book? I love this book. I think I think it's thumbs up all around. Yes. I felt like this was great and just really showed Storm flexing her leadership. But also, I'm going to need to come up with a get it, get it song for Storm. <laughs> Bring in the lightning. This is not School of Rock. <laughs> Your Why not? face, you're so mad. Aurora. You mean Jack Black, that movie? Yeah. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> Curls is wondering if Destiny knows all of the Sinisters and they don't know it. Is she playing all four? I mean, mm. she definitely, she knows Stasis, right? She teased 
Nathaniel are sinister. I don't even know how to refer to them. Right. Diamond. She teased Diamond Boy. And like she, a, in the in the issue of um, Immortal, Immortal X-Men, when we learn about the four sinisters, like she was the one who kind of had conversations with the original Nathaniel Essex and was saying, bro, you got to chill out. Like, we got to be on the same side. So she probably knew from the beginning. And Mystique found them. You mean, so Immortal X-Men number one, right? We no. need to be on the same side? or No, no when it was the Mystique issue yep. that was going back, and that's when we learned of the four. Yep. Mystique is the one who found the empty things, was she not? Or was it Destiny? who found one of them? Destiny. Right. So Destiny knew that the four of them existed, so it wouldn't be odd to say that she would then figure out who they all were over time and track them down with or without their knowledge because she now knows there's four of these out there. So I got to know who they are so I can be prepared for all the craziness that they will create. Yeah. Well, plus whatever she's getting to see because of her visions, it's layers of potential, especially with destiny. Mm -hmm. But yeah, destiny is the one that goes back to the house. I just pulled it up. Right. I mean, she can't see though. That's true. So I wonder. But then she, why did she go in the room? Because yeah, she opens the, the door that was locked up previously and goes down the stairs. I don't know. Tell us, Kieran. The Pikachu wants to know, when Destiny said we must be on the same side, did she mean all the sinister suits need to work together? I don't know. Maybe, but she's not a sinister. So why we? Well, because she's the one that can kind of guide the, the time stream in some sense with what's happening or what's not. I don't know if she needs all of them or she just needs one of them. She just needs to have one. Yeah. And so the diamond one wasn't working out. So Right. Because the diamond one's hubris is too out of control. So she went to find another. I got my own Nathaniel. You're a ghost. Still don't know what we that means. still don't know what that means. Talk about we need to be on the same side and callbacks to Immortal One. Who's a ghost? Everyone. That's it. That's all. That was a short week, but a lot to talk about. Huh. I just thought about how Mystique was just a hologram version of herself. Yep. And how a fading hologram could look like a ghost. Huh. That's all. I have nothing else to say. <laughs> no, it's interesting. <laughs> Sit with that for a minute. Chew on that. Why don't you? This is a good week. Mm -hmm. I, I am not upset by three issue weeks because I feel like that was I had the ability to dive into each of these issues, to look up all the characters that right. I didn't know, to to read a couple times. You can dig in and take a breath. Yeah. I get to make... savor the stories yeah. a little. Yeah. What's coming next week? I don't know. That's my question that I ask. Well, I beat you to it. Well, what's coming next week? Extreme X-Men number three. Okay. Captain Marvel number 46. Uh-oh, Broody Broods. Broody Broods. And X-Men number 19, Ooh. two in one week. A double-sided story. Marauders number 11. Okay. Wolverine number 30. Ooh. And Nightcrawlers number one. Yeah. A six-issue week. <laughs> so much for a three-issue week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Oopsie. We, it was good while it lasted, having a light week and being able to just talk about things more lengthily. Yeah. It was nice for a second. Yeah. Good little breather. Uh, I still, I want a Destiny action figure, Hasbro. Yeah, they need to get on that. Let's go. I feel like that Destiny and Exodus are instant wins. 
they're still in their classic uniforms. Yeah, you could on just the council. you could just get that going real quick and everyone would be happy. I'm gonna message Dan. Okay. Let me know how it goes. I mean, he doesn't have that kind of power, I don't think, but <laughs> who knows? Uh well, until next time, old friend. Charles, you're not even here. You're sinister. Good riddance. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan. <laughs>